When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. A comeback victory and not the first of the season for Manchester United. Things still don't feel quite right though. A great day out for those who celebrated Marcus Rashford's late win on the South Coast, but there's still somewhat a sense of, of kind of impending doom at Old Trafford at the moment. That has to be put on the back bench for now though, with a trip to Turin and Juventus on Wednesday night. Probably the, the, the favourites to win the Champions League. They're the best team to come to Old Trafford for some years, despite only winning 1-0 in the first fixture. Like the, the crispness of the past in the speed of the movement, the quality in and out of possession was, was a contrast to our, our poor performance. You know, I to go to the Allianz Stadium as heavy underdogs and no one really expects us to win or even draw. But it's a big game, a big stadium and a big competition and one to be relished and appreciated. But first, let's dissect the win against Bournemouth. Jack, another terrible start to a game and another very good second half it's becoming a, a big big theme it's pretty much a microcosm of our season so far the Bournemouth game I don't know why we've suddenly become so unable to play proper football in the first half but it keeps happening every single week where we come out play terribly if we're lucky get into half time at maybe nil nil um, or as in the case of the Bournemouth game going one nil down maybe even worse and then have to work like like crazy in the second half, usually on the strength of a much better overall performance to try and come back and salvage something from the game. Obviously ended up working at Bournemouth at the weekend, but it can't go on like this because despite the fact that we've got some decent results recently, having come from behind against teams, we still are not coming out in the first half in the way that we should. We're still not able to control games properly. And it still feels like we're reliant so much on a bit of luck and a, a moment of individual brilliance from someone, whoever it might be, to kind of pull us out of, of these terrible situations. Um, yet again, on uh, on Saturday in the Bournemouth game, we were completely outplayed in the first half by... I, I know Bournemouth have had a good season so far, but we should not be getting outplayed like that to a team like Bournemouth. No, no disrespect meant to Bournemouth, like I said. I know they've been doing well this season, but it's not like we, we were playing a top six team where... 
you might be able to accept us being on the back foot quite so much. And it, it wasn't just that Bournemouth dominated possession, which we've seen in quite a few away games under Mourinho where he doesn't set out the team to go and control the game. It was that we weren't even counter-attacking with any kind of threat. We didn't look like we had any chance of scoring in the first half. And even in, in the second half when we came out and we did have a much better performance, it still looked very slow and it looked like we were huffing and puffing with very little actually coming out of it for a lot of the second half until just a couple of moments of a bit of luck um, and some very good play that ended up ended up getting us the win. To be fair, I think at the, at the end of the first half, United deserves some credit. Martial got the goal before half-time and that's kind of, we haven't really seen that in the other games. It's always been after half-time we've improved. We started improving probably after 38, 39 minutes. Martial got the equaliser and there was some, there was kind of, it, it, we didn't go into half-time with the same sense of complete the same gutted feeling and the same sense of how are we going to turn this around and that we've played so badly. I think it was slightly different from the other games, but as you say, the first half an hour, I think first 35 minutes or so was, was atrocious and there was there was nothing to our game. There was no counter-attacking, no good defence, no solid kind of position, uh, possessional play in attack, no kind of... we 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 weren't even waiting to break them down. We just were doing nothing with the ball and without it was a, was a whole different question. But the second half was, was a positive. Ander Herrera came out after the game, said he thought we played well from kind of 35 minutes onwards and although I don't completely agree because even the last 10 minutes of the first half weren't great and even first 10 minutes of the second half weren't great but it was it was kind of fine from then on and then the second half we we really started building and certain few players started really impressing like Paul Pobble we'll talk about in a second but combined score of our last seven games in the first half is a 7-2 loss for United and the combined score of our last seven games in the second half is an 8-3 win for United it, it just shows the complete contrast between our first and second half performances which while it's an issue isn't probably isn't the biggest issue at United at the moment the biggest issue is making sure that our second half performances are good I mean you look at Arsenal and their second half performances are way better than their first half they're struggling in the first half a lot of times they did against Liverpool at the weekend with a 1-1 draw they played much better in the second half it's not the biggest issue but it's something that hopefully can be ironed out because even though it's quite hard to see a way that we can fix it yeah, it's not it's not the end of the world that we're we're not playing great in the first half because ultimately we we are improving a lot in the second half and at the moment anyway are coming up with the, with the results. It's just that I guess the difference between like you mentioned Arsenal, I guess the difference between what us and Arsenal have been doing recently is that although Arsenal have improved in the second half of most games, I don't think their bad patches in the first half have been as bad as our bad spells in the first half and. Some of our bad uh, bad spells in the first half of these games have been really really bad. Where it's not it's not just that we we aren't scoring. We don't look like we can control the game. We're unable to to put together any kind of spells of of possession without just going across the back line again and again. It just seems like we're kind of out of ideas of how to move forward methodically, whilst actually using all of our players without without just going uh, to route one, which is is what we've ended up doing a lot recently. Um, defensively, I think. We've actually looked a little bit better in recent weeks, um, especially with Lindelof, who I think has had probably the best set of games I've seen from a United centre-back in a long, in a long time, probably about five or six years. Um, I think he's been really, really solid. And hopefully that can continue. Obviously, our second half form has been great. And some of the performances in those second halves have been what, what we want. You know, it's what 
we've been looking for, we look much better going forward. But it just baffles me and I'm assuming everyone else how we can be a team that plays so differently in the first half and the second half when we clearly are capable of putting in performances like we have in the second half of games for for 90 minutes. We just haven't seen it. Whether it comes down to coaching setups, because in a lot of these games we have made changes at halftime which seem to have, have made a difference, or whether it's just simply down to an attitude from the players and that they almost need to be up against the wall before they start performing to their best, I don't know. But whatever it is, it needs to be figured out and it needs to be changed because against a team like Man City at the weekend or, or even Juventus in the Champions League this week, we can't afford to have first halves like that because instead of being 1-0 down or maybe scraping it at 1-1, it'll be 3 or 4-0 at halftime and we'll be out of the game. Yeah, I think it's Mourinho teams have often enjoyed being the underdog. And that's that. That's nothing new, but so I think it, it might be partly to do with the attitude going into the start of games. I don't think even after the Newcastle win, where we came from behind to win three two, there was a lot of confidence. But then going to the Chelsea game, that confidence disappears at the start of the game, and we have to come from from one goal behind. Even after other comebacks, even after this Bournemouth comeback, I think we'll go into the Juventus game and and start not solidly, not looking like like the team that we were in the second half because. I think those are kind of temporary papering over the cracks about confidence. I, I really think there's a there's a dearth of confidence in this United side and that means the start of every game is atrocious. And Bournemouth were ripping us apart and, and had they been more clinical, it could have been 2 or 3-0. Bournemouth are one of the better lower in the table sides, although we are level on points for them at the moment. Um, but we kind, of, we kind of count in that category at the moment. They're one of the better teams. They still shouldn't not be allowed to have four chances in a match, let alone in the first 20 minutes. I can't really see a fix to it. It seems like part of the problem, from what I can see anyway, is that the players seem afraid in the first half. It's almost like they're afraid to do anything too risky or too expansive because they don't want to concede. And I don't know if that's coming from Mourinho or if it's coming from just a general feeling of a lot of pressure on the players because we aren't playing very well. And as you said, there just seems to be a lack of confidence through most players in the squad. It, it needs to be sorted out quickly and I think it might take a, a shift in attitude from Mourinho, which is probably why I'm so pessimistic that it's actually going to happen because it seems like it's going to require Mourinho to almost tell his players that, okay, you have licence to go out and play, express yourselves, you know, play play some attacking football, which obviously is me kind of living in a pipe dream because we've seen that's not going to happen. But it does seem like something like that needs needs to happen for the players to be able to go out and play the way that they've been playing in the second half. Because in the second half of all these games, when our backs are against the wall and you know we're pushing for, for goals to come back uh, or get something out of the game, you kind of have to just throw caution to the wind and, and go for it and play a very attacking brand of football. And ironically, it seems like that's when we have the most success as opposed to this sort of tepid, sort of almost scared football that we seem to be playing in the first half of most of yeah. the games. Well, maybe maybe they should just have world in motion on on loop in the United dressing room, telling them to express themselves. <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't think it's that ironic because our where are our best players? They're in attack. Our best midfield is Pogba. He's an attacking player. Our best forwards are much better, much of of much higher quality than our best defenders. Our best defender at the moment is Chris Smalling. Compare him to. Anthony Martial, an inform Anthony Martial, or even an inform Romelu Lukaku, or inform Alexis Sanchez. Our attackers are are nearly of elite quality, depending on their form. Our defenders, even when they're in the best form of their lives, are still good Premier League players. Nothing better than that. So it, it it's not that strange. 
And to be fair, there was an interesting uh, Mourinho answering a question in his press conference after the game, talking about how he's trying to get away from that defence-first policy at United, and he's trying to start to change in this season. He's changed it from being a defensive team and he said well look last two seasons we've been a defensive team and because our first focus has been on defence it's papered over the cracks so it's basically what he said it's it's papered over the weaknesses in our defensive setup and meant that we've looked like a good defence when we're actually not which is what we've been saying for the for the last season and a half and he said well now we're trying to be more attacking it's no surprise that we're going to concede more goals and it's true and it, and it also explains exactly why he was so desperate to, to sign a centre-back, a better centre-back than Chris Morning in the summer. Um, and it, it's kind of good to hear him saying, yes, I am trying to be more attacking. But United have one clean sheet in our opening 11 games. I mean, at this point last year, we'd, we'd only conceded in three league games, which is a brilliant record. But it, it shows what happens when Mourinho changes his approach in a good way and a bad way, because you'd probably say this season we have been at times more entertaining than last season. Moving on, Paul Pogba, another another very good second half display from him. Absolutely, yeah. He was uh arguably our best player in the second half, instrumental in, in getting the second goal, obviously putting in the ball for Rashford's goal. He he seems to be the driving force behind everything good that the team does. And it's not much of a surprise at this point because it's been that way for quite a while now. Um but it just it staggers me every week how inconsistent he can be even within games you know we've, we've seen him be so inconsistent throughout his, his United career but now it, it seems to have got to a point now where it's not just from, from game to game where everything changes it's within a game too because against Bournemouth in the first half he was pretty ineffective as he has been for large stretches of, of the season um, I think you know it, it, it's hard because I almost at times don't want to criticise Pogba because he is sort of the driving force behind so much that is good about United at the moment. And he is really the one that's creating so many of the opportunities that we're making. But at the same time, you have to ask yourself, why isn't he able to do this every week? And why isn't he able to do this for 90 minutes? Because his best moments for United, I would say arguably haven't come in a ga- in games where he has played a 90 minutes of excellent, excellent Paul Pogba play. We've seen it in 45 minutes or 20 minute cameos where he comes up and he shows us what he can do, but we don't see it over a prolonged period enough. I think he deserves a lot of credit for what he's been able to do in crucial moments for us, because admittedly, there have been times where he has been the one stepping up and producing these moments and creating the chances or even putting away the chances himself in in big moments that have got us wins. But he, he I mean, where is he now? 25, coming into the prime of his career in a team that is lacking leaders, he needs, even if he has been stripped of the captaincy now, he needs to step up and be a leader on the pitch and lead by example in the way that he can control games and play at that maximum level for 90 minutes because ultimately he is our best outfield player. He is the one yeah. that, that has to be pushing our team onwards. And even though he can do that when we're 1-0 down, that has to happen from the start of the game too. I mean, I was I was writing player ratings on the game and until probably 70 minutes, I had Pobber down as like average performance from Pogba ineffective until the second half when he was slightly better and then that changed to over the last 20 minutes or so when he he really started growing into the game from probably 55 60 minutes onwards changed into the kind of performance that we we expect from Pogba ways he is the man 
kind of controlling things for United. Um, I mean, it was brilliant quality for Rashford's goal. He did something similar before that as well, when he kind of, those big, long strides that he does down the left flank, and then the, the cross for Rashford on his on Pogba's weaker foot, and then kind of landed perfectly for Rashford had he not jumped. And as it happened, he did, he did jump, and it hit him <laughs> right in the belly, and then... Uh, a little of a, a little bit of a scramble, and then he finished very, very composed. But Pogba now has ten goal contributions in fourteen games this season. That's the kind of, I mean, obviously that kind of that kind of rate and that kind of stat is helped by taking penalties. But so is Lampard's, and this is that is Lampard level numbers, Lampard type numbers, Lampard level contribution. Um, he could be hitting twenty goals and assists this season if he if he carries on. Maybe like ten, fifteen goals and and twenty assists, which would be astonishingly good. Given that every game there's always this doubt over why isn't Pogba playing well, and then at some point he kicks in. And yes, yes, it's a concern, but I'd much rather people being like, oh yeah, we should sell Pogba because of his attitude and stuff. Well, today before the Juventus game, he said, "I'm happy at Manchester United. I'm I'm very happy to wearing the shirt. It feels at home and stuff." It's like, well. Yes, there have been uh, controversial moments, inflammatory comments in the past, but he is performing. He probably is United's best player at the moment. And I don't mean Martial's in, in great form, but I mean, over the course of this season, Luke Shaw has been very good, but Pogba is definitely in the, the top three United players of, of the season so far. He he has been one of our best players because he's been the only one, really, who's capable of sort of overcoming the limitations that are placed on him and this team by the system that they're playing in. He's the one that's able to kind of be be the one that's spurring on the entire team towards some of these great moments that, that, that they've delivered. It's interesting. I mean, I think it, it just shows you what the expectations are on Pogba and how good he can be that despite, what is it, 10 goal contributions in 14 games, there's still such a negative air around what he's been doing. But I think it is because he shows us what he can do in the in these small windows and we need to see that more often. But in general, he has been very good this season. I've been pleased with the way that he has been able to come up with more of these moments because that's what that's what we all asked for in the last two years is that, all right, we've seen you do these tricks. We've seen that you can spray the ball around the park and be a very good player, but can you influence some more games in, in big moments? We saw it a little bit last season, more at the start of the season, um, when he was scoring a lot of goals early early in, la- uh, in the season last year. And this season, we're seeing it a little bit more it it's more consistent in that there are more games in which Pogba is coming up with the big moments, but his performances within those games are still very, way, way, way too inconsistent. And he needs to become someone that you can rely on when he gets when he gets the ball, no matter what time in the game, someone you can rely on him to do something positive for the team. Whereas at the moment, it's either he's going to try a flick and concede a penalty, or that leads to us conceding a penalty like it like he did against Everton, or he's going to run down the left flank and create a goal like he did in the 90th minute against Bournemouth. It's sort of it's 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 sort of 0 to 100 and you don't really know which yeah. one you're going to get whereas it needs to be a little bit more increase that floor so that we don't have the kind of moments that we got against Everton but keep that ceiling where it is so that we get those moments like against yeah. Bournemouth. We should move on from Paul Pogba because we do talk about him every episode. But I mean that that shows that he is the the, the main man at Manchester United. Alexis Sanchez um yeah, probably unlucky to be to be taken off. United improved after after he did come off, but that was mainly due to Herrera's influence. Had a good game, even though he didn't score, and and so much at centre forward that he offers different to to Romelu Lukaku. I mean, look at Martial's goal, for example, the the drifting wide and then and then the cutback. His movement is 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 fantastic, and 
if we're not going to play him at centre forward, don't play him at all. But play him at centre forward when Lukaku is injured, which he is at the moment, and hopefully we'll see some results. Yeah, I was impressed by Sanchez at the weekend. I thought that was one of his best performances for United. I mean, that's obviously not a particularly high bar, but he still did well. He came in, he improved. He definitely deserves a chance um, to have a run of games at centre forward. It seems like Lukaku's uh, injury might be a little bit more serious than we than we thought. Um, he obviously hasn't made the trip to Turin so to face Juventus. So hopefully we will see Alexis again because he deserves it. He's not done anything wrong in, in the one game that he's had a chance to play at centre forward. He did pretty well. I also thought he was quite unlucky to get taken off. But I hope he starts up front against against Juventus because I think we're going to have to play on the counter-attack a lot. Juventus are inevitably going to have a lot of the ball. And I think despite despite the failings of Alexis at, at United, the one thing he is still very, very good at is those fast sweeping counter-attacks. And a front three of him, Martial and Rashford, I think would give us a great opportunity to to exploit the space that Juventus will leave in, in, in behind when... Yeah, they're kind of controlling the ball and controlling possession and trying to force the force uh, force the game. Yeah, we should move on to Juventus. Um, we'll we'll move straight on to Juventus. Do the youth update, which will be very. In fact, the under twenty threes lost four one in a terrible result, but they're still um, only a couple of points off the top of Premier League two, Division two, and the under 18s beat Wolves one nil with a Dylan Levitt winner from the penalty spot. There's your very very quick youth update, rather than the the normal long lengthy version. Move on to Juventus. Um, I was just about to say, Nemanja Matic poor against Bournemouth again. Somehow managed to stay on the pitch, while Fred, who uh, hasn't had the easiest of time setting in at Manchester United, but has had actually probably two or three good performances in a United shirt compared to Matic, who hasn't had a single good display this season. Matic playing poorly, Fred playing well, and and who gets taken off? But uh, Fred, um, which I would say is surprising, but is completely expected under under Jose Marino that, that kind of substitution is is so common but Matic the big call is would we've been saying drop him for the last couple of weeks would you drop him for Juventus though? yes because I don't I, I, I know there would probably be a lot of people saying no we need a, a proper defensive midfielder in there we can't play midfielders who aren't good enough defensively against a team like Juventus and, and I agree with that but realistically what is Matic giving us defensively he midfields are just running completely by him and all he ends up giving us is someone who sits back is okay with the ball at his feet but doesn't actually contribute that much defensively he's letting runners go midfielders are just completely bypassing him he can't make a tackle one 1v1 at the moment so sure he might be in terms of his style more better defensively than the likes of Fred or Herrera or Pereira or McTominay Pogba whoever it might be but realistically he isn't actually contributing what he's supposed to defensively so I'd much rather play a midfield of say Herrera, Fred and Pogba who might not be defensively in as, as defensive in style as Matic but would probably be able to contribute a bit more defensively than Matic at the moment anyway. Yeah I think Fred is Fred will turn out to be a much better player when he's played further forward for United but against Bournemouth he I think he made more tackles and more interceptions than anyone else in the first half um was unfairly taken off after 10 or 15 minutes in the second half. And I think, I, I, I've, funnily enough, about a minute ago, I was thinking, yes, still start Matic because on paper he is the, the holding midfielder who protects our defence. But he he isn't doing that, as you say. And he, he, about a minute ago, I thought, even though he's not doing that, I'd still trust him to do it because of what we've seen from him over his United career and at Chelsea and at Benfica, etc. But 
I've changed my opinion. Um, you've clearly, you've clearly <laughs> done something right in what you said. Um, I, I would go with a. If only Mourinho listened to listen to this podcast, <laughs> could be convinced by you as well. Yeah, um, I would go with a, a midfield of Herrera, Fred, and Pod, but only because I remembered that Fred was actually very solid defensively against Bournemouth. And yes, it's Bournemouth. Yes, it's different facing Cristiano Ronaldo to Callum Wilson. Although I think Callum Wilson probably has more goals this season and and potentially more assists as well. Um, Yes, it's different, but Fred can do that job to a certain level. And if that certain level is just as good as the Manny Matic is at the moment, then I trust uh, Fred, who is used to Champions League games, because he's not used to Premier League games, but he is used to Champions League games with Shakhtar, he's used to European games, and it's more the kind of pace that he'll be used to. So while he hasn't been that great in the Premier League, it might be like Victor Lindelof, and he might be better in the Champions League. So I would go Fred, Herrera and Paul Pogba. The only the the, the the I would the, what I was going to say when I was saying yeah still start Matic is because I don't want to restrain Paul Pogba and hold him back from because I think I think the worry is even though I think Fred can do just as good as job as Nemanja Matic in the current circumstances I think if Mourinho chooses to go with Fred he will undoubtedly put more defensive uh, emphasis on Paul Pogba what whatever the reasoning he will give Paul Pogba more to do defensively and that holds him back in terms of what he can do in attack. Whereas if he starts Matic, I think Pogba is always freer under Mourinho. Yeah, that is true. Um, I think playing Matic, even just because of his kind of style, um, would probably mean that Mourinho gives Pogba a little bit more freedom. I think the problem is though, realistically, how many how many opportunities are we going to have in the game where Pogba can kind of use that freedom. And I think because it likely will, uh, because it likely will come from situations where we're going on the counter-attack, I think Pogba will likely have a little bit of freedom in the counter-attacks anyway. I don't think it's going to come from sort of sustained, controlled, methodical attacks really, where it's going to be down to the player's position in determined pre-game. I think it's more going to come down to spontaneous counter-attacks where I think Pogba will have enough license anyway. Ultimately, the way I see it, Matic, Matic has been playing very poorly. I don't think it would do us any harm to at least start Fred and see what happens. We've seen that Mourinho is not afraid of making changes at, at half-time or even before if it's not working. So I don't see too much of a downside to starting Fred. If it is going really badly and Matic is on the bench, bring Matic on, change back to the normal system and see what happens from there. But... We saw in the first uh, game against Juventus a couple of weeks ago that even with Matic playing, it makes very little difference against a midfield with the quality of, of Juve's. And at least with Fred, Herrera and Pogba in there, we have a little bit more quality on the ball when we do have the ball. And defensively, I don't think we're going to lose that much because Matic actually doesn't hasn't been contributing too much. I think the key thing the key thing in the midfield is that And Herrera starts. A player who I've, I, I've constantly said isn't yeah. good enough to start for Manchester United and he's not. But he kind of has to at the moment um, because Matic isn't playing well enough. And especially for the Juventus game, you think about the home leg where we saw United were just, I think off the pace is probably the the right cliche to use if we if we go through our cliche book as, as, as we try not to. But United were just a little bit off the pace. They weren't playing with the, with the right impetus, with the right penetration. And it was all just a bit slow and methodical and kind of <laughs> what's going to happen next? Oh, let me take three touches. The thing you do get with, with Herrera, certainly, is a bit more pace in the game. 
what whatever the, sometimes it's a bad thing because he goes on one of his mental kind of one man press leaves a massive hole in, in the midfield which might be a reason that Marino doesn't start him against Juventus because the quality they have in that midfield to expose that is massive but Herrera definitely gives you that kind of pace in the game that Matic definitely doesn't and that even Fred doesn't as much but Fred uh, to be fair to Fred he also gives that a bit against Bournemouth he certainly did so uh, as long as one and Fred and Herrera starts which we almost definitely will see Fellaini I think did train at the uh, on uh, on Tuesday though then I think that's important because in the home leg we were so slow and so methodical I think Herrera and Fred really really give you some more pace in the game and that that will be needed yeah I think we will need a lot of pace in the game Juventus's midfield is so fluid and so good at moving the ball so quickly that you need to have players who can really get across the pitch. Uh, that lateral movement is going to be so important because they shift the ball so quickly between uh, Pjanic, Kadira, and I guess whoever whoever plays with them. Um, it, it often rotates around. But though that that three in midfield is so, so, so deadly. And especially when you get um, like Dybala dropping in, who often comes into a sort of number 10 role too, it does mean that you have to be very, very careful in midfield and have players who are able to move around the pitch enough. I think... Fred and Herrera in there will, will help because both of them are very mobile and very combative. Even if they're not the most disciplined defensively, I don't think that breaking up the play will be a bad thing for us because that was what seemed to to uh, to, to sort of really hurt us in the uh, in the first game against Juve a couple of weeks ago at Old Trafford. So they just were moving the ball far too quickly for us to keep up. Dybala was dropping deep and creating overloads in, in midfield. And that, and that just meant that the, the midfield weren't able to deal with what he was doing. The centre-backs didn't, didn't step out because they were afraid of leaving space in behind for Ronaldo and Douglas Costa to exploit. It is a real challenging game against against Juventus. They have so many weapons going forward. But I think Fred and Herrera in midfield for us will probably give us our best chance of trying to keep up with Juve as they, as they move the ball around. It just gives us a bit more mobility in there. And both of them even though they might not be true defensive midfielders in sort of usual style sense, they both do get stuck in a lot and they will, they will make a lot of tackles and hopefully break up the play enough to to enable us to at least kind of get by with, with that midfield. Yeah, and I think Alexis Sanchez, because Romelu Lukaku hasn't trained, he's not fit, he might not even be fit for the derby, but I think that almost definitely means Alexis Sanchez starting up front and that will definitely help United on the counter-attack. Romelu Lukaku has looked, I mean, has held United back on the counter-attack in the last five or six games. Alexis Sanchez should offer more. Yeah, I agree. I I think that's partly why I want Alexis to start because Lukaku just kind of breaks up our own play um, too much. And even though Alexis has been guilty of that a lot at United as well, when it comes off for Alexis, it's much more um, clinical than it is with Lukaku. Yeah. So, prediction for the Juventus game. I think very few people expecting United to win. I'm not, but you can go You can go first in terms of your score. Uh, 3-0 United. No, I'm joking. Um, I think, <laughs> I, think I, I, don't, I don't see us getting anything out of the game. I would be happy with a, a one-goal loss where we at least put up a good account of ourselves. I'm more concerned with the performance and the result because I don't think we're going to win either way. I'll go with a 2-0 defeat. Yeah, I think the performance is important and the well, I think the result is important as long it it just has to be kind of respectable. Well, even even Ferguson's United team would I mean, obviously there's a famous example of of 99 semi-final and stuff and and other examples with I think Beckham in the early 2000s having a having a blinder, but United won't always it's not like we expect to win 
at Juventus every time we go there. It's not it's not something that happens. It's like expecting us to win at the Bernabeu or or the San Siro or or the New Camp or something. It's not something you expect. It's just it has to be a good performance, and you have to you have to show that you've cared and that you've put the effort in to go out and and win the game, which we don't always see from United. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. But that is all we have time for on Series 4, Episode 11 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Um, if you are in Turin, give me a message at, at HarryRobinson64. Um, I will be there without a ticket. If you've got a ticket, then just, I mean, please message me at, at HarryRobinson64. Um, for more from Jack, who I'm sure will be watching the game at a very healthy time in the US as, it, <laughs> as he gets with the, with the evening games, you can follow him on Twitter at at UTD Tate T-A-I-T and you can find the podcast at at UTD Weekly Pod that's P-O-D at the end there thanks as always for listening have a great week goodbye Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.